Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford down there, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. As I'm looking at the video, I realize I forgot to zoom in on my face. <laughs> You're so tiny. I'm so little. <laughs> I can just... You know what's sad is I was so Hold. proud. I got a haircut today, and I was really happy with how my hair looked, and I was so happy to show it off, and I forgot to zoom in. So at a natural pause, if you notice my video zooming in, it's out of pure uh, pure ego, pure narcissism is all. But in the meantime, hey, Chris, how you doing? I am doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I'm excited. I signed up to get the uh, COVID vaccine, so I'm just you know excited for whatever superpowers I get. Um, and uh, Ooh, you know, baby. I hope it's something. Nice. Something. I hope it's something you know useful. I'm always hoping for uh, electricity or something. I mean, immunity to certain diseases that would be great too. That's a pretty solid but, superpower uh, in its own right. The ability to go outdoors again. <laughs> I, have, I now have the, the ability to go to the movies. Chris has the ability to eat in restaurants. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Wait, I said boom babies. It's bang babies, isn't it? I even ruined that. I can't get two words yeah, right. Bang babies. Yeah. Bang babies. My bad. Sorry, static. Uh I uh Chris, you recently put out I have to plug it because it's one of my favorite videos that I think that you've ever done, in my personal opinion. Uh I would love it if you plugged your most recent video, but then also any other things you got in the works, of course. Uh, oh yeah. So most recent video is, uh, they are black or cartoon characters that are black, but not actually black. I forget exactly what I titled it, but essentially cartoon characters who are not black, but they're black to me. Um, and, and, uh, it was a lot of fun doing that video. Um, while fun editing, I don't, I usually don't have as much fun editing video. It just depends on the video. I don't have fun editing movie reviews. That's, um, that's a little bit more just like gruesome and tiresome. Just hearing myself talk a lot. Oh, there's just not a lot of storytelling in it. Maybe I have to change my movies and make it more interesting for myself. But <laughs> never, but, uh, never make a video that you would not watch, right, or something I, like that. I, I would, I would watch it. I oh, just okay. didn't. Well, I just fine. don't enjoy editing. Yeah. Then you're fine. Um, but this one was a lot of fun, uh, and this has been a video that I've been wanting to do now for probably two or three years, because um, it's always a kind of on an interesting topic. And uh, got some good uh, feedback from it. It's not the thing is, is that I feel did <laughs> not to sound too um, too uh, full of myself, <laughs> but but um, I, I feel like a an artist. I don't know. I feel like there was some artistry to it because to me, sometimes true artist artism is, is when you do something for yourself. Like, this is one of those videos that I knew wasn't gonna be like great when it comes to performance. Because most of the time, only my avatar videos do like really great, um, really creative things don't really appeal to the algorithm. I think is kind of what it amounts yeah. to. And really creative things tend to be the artistic things that you feel good about. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's a shame. No, no, it, it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, no, love it's making not fine. it. It's a shame, um, damn it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even even my. I have a college friend who also has a YouTube channel. His name, uh, the YouTube channel is J and J Rants. Um, and he, even he was like, "Hey, I shared your video on YouTube, man. It was really good." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." I mean, he shared, shared it on Facebook. He was like, "DMI." I was like, "Oh, not at all. Go ahead, no, thank please." You. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't I share I anything of... on Facebook because I'm always scared of backlash I'll get for things that are one thousand percent innocent from random. Oh, I hate Facebook so much. I'm sorry if you like Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. If you're listening to this, I'm really sorry. 
it's not to offend you. Uh, but uh, yeah, go uh, go watch the video. I, I put it, it's a video that's uh, fairly jokey. It's probably one of my more jokey. I think sometimes I write jokes in the videos, and usually it's probably like one or two jokes every video. I feel like I wrote more this one time around. Um, I'm going to describe it as little, it's um, it is you you approach it sort of uh what am I trying to say like respectfully like as a a topic that you approach with a certain amount of respect and seriousness but then there's also the other side where you do have sort of more comedy and humor like I think it hits both like if a movie review is right down the middle you kind of hit farther on each side of the spectrum than in a movie review if I may say so oh thank you uh really uh really enjoyed the video uh before that I reviewed um Zack Snyder's Justice League which was I, I love the film. Um, I hope to watch it again. <laughs> Just depends on time. Um, that video I hated editing because I also went back and included my uh, review of the 2017 version, just the Whedon cut of it, which I edited clips from that. Which that was my first YouTube video, which is uh, I just cringe watching it because <laughs> I can just see like how much <laughs> I can just see how much I've gotten better. Like how many little ticks I don't I no longer do, um, like saying um a lot, but it's okay to say um, um just in conversation. But it was just it was just kind of cringy <laughs> of a video. And uh, but no, I, I there's you know the two movies have such a night and day difference that I thought it would be interesting. I I, you know, I thought about a lot of different ways to do that video. I thought about like having my TV and showing it on YouTube and being like you know all Zach Morris like stop. Wait a minute, guy. This and this. <laughs> but then I was like, I don't have time. Freeze for that. frame. Then, yeah, freeze frame. I thought that your script for your Justice, personally, I thought your script for your Justice League uh, review was, was well written. I don't, you know, it sounds like you weren't fond of the editing necessarily. I didn't notice too much because I was more interested in your actual insights movie. <laughs> didn't necessarily agree with all the points, but uh, in general, I thought your review was very good. And I was, I don't want to get too crazy. I was happy with the movie not not like nine out of ten material in my head or anything like that but uh i was very happy with the movie thanks for letting me bum your hbo max so i could spend four hours of a work day (laughs) watching that movie holy crap it's long four hours and two minutes i think uh so if you don't if that doesn't sound good to you maybe watch a 10 minute review first to see if it's worth your time there's a really great version of of that movie which i already think the movie's great but there's a better version that's like three hours and 20 minutes. I I know it's very cliche and I think it's a big part of the Internet's feedback in general. And I hate to you know jump on that train. But knowing that the DCU won't build on the end of that movie, I think that whole the whole epilogue part that like 20 minutes or whatever. I, I could have done without it. Quite, that's probably my biggest complaint is knowing that the DCU won't expand upon that part. Uh, at this point, they might. They they might. I mean, they. I, I will be I, I'll surprised. Say, I wouldn't. Um, wouldn't. I'll say this: the the DC universe is no longer just Zack Snyder and just his vision. It's it's expanded. These characters, even in, within the movie, has expanded beyond that. I mean, Patty Jenkins have done so much work with Wonder Woman. Uh, James Wan has done so much work with Aquaman. Shazam is in this universe. Like the universe has expanded, and so no longer is it just uh, Zack Snyder's vision of it. And so I think that gives them leeway actually to be like, "Hey, yeah, we can have all these different types of movies." Um, also, I, I, 
I'm sure HBO Max is going to see the dividends that this is going to bring in because it's, it's been fairly well reviewed, fairly good, um, good uh, publicity, good substantially good word of mouth. better than the than the original <laughs> being everybody's point. Uh, whether yeah. you liked it or not, I think there's like a unanimous agreement out there. Like, yeah, it's way better. <laughs> I don't know many people that lo- like. I liked it a lot. I didn't. Well, maybe I did love it to a certain. Extent. As a DC fan, I loved watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, going, I went back and watched it right afterwards, and I was like, "Holy crap! This movie is way it it's <laughs> it's so it's a nine day difference. Like almost literally. Like there's some shots where in the Whedon cut where it's just bright, bright. It's so freaking saturated. That um, the weird brown. <laughs> some of the stuff that I never would have questioned at the time, just because I don't watch movies that way. Yeah. But then I'm watching Snyder, and I'm not the biggest. We've had talks in the past. I'm not the biggest Snyder fan by any means, uh, as a lot of people probably aren't. Like, I probably represent something closer to the masses, I think. But, like, watching the Snyder cat, like, you know what? What he's doing makes, like, ten times as much sense as that garbage. Like, what, were they in a desert? Is Chernobyl in a desert? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... And, and there's also something to be said, like, all right, well, you had four hours to make a movie. Um, and, and, it's true. Yeah. And so that gives you enough time to just sit and, and breathe and be with the characters and don't feel so rushed. Like the, and there are at least the two Wheaton characters, cut. if not more, probably more, but at least two <laughs> characters that wildly benefited. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wildly benefited. Cyborg. Like, I now, I, they used to talk about, oh, yeah, we're going to do a cyborg movie. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. That was the best um, improvement like, of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, sure. without a doubt. Loved, loved Cyborg. Yeah. Loved hearing the story. And oh, he's like, he has instantly become like one of my favorite characters in that movie. One of the top two or three most enjoyable yeah. characters in that movie, I think. Probably top like two. I said, uh, there, there's comic book fans. So Cyborg originated in Teen Titans. That's um, the only other place I know him from personally as not a <laughs> comics guy. So I don't have a yeah. good Cyborg foundation. Like he's always been like one of the leaders of the Teen Titans along with Robin and, and stuff. And so when, when DC did New 52, they brought him into the Justice League because it was like, all right, we need, I don't know, just pre- really they needed probably more diversity. Although, I mean, the, the league had plenty of diversity, but they're like, for this, for the main seven, for the, for the first seven members, you know, they brought in Cyborg. And as a comic fan, a lot of other ones, a lot of other fans agree, like Cyborg never felt like he belonged there. He always felt like, um, a little tokeny, because once they, they they didn't service the character that much. Oftentimes, so in in the comic book, he like fused with the mother bots. He's he was like able two to birds, like he's two tokens and one stuff. Like, hey, now we're representing <laughs> androids and black people. We're fine. We got it. Yeah. That's enough. Cyborg, cyborg, Sean, not androids. They don't like me calling it. They're cyborgs. You, you're right. Gosh. They hate it when I go. <laughs> so many parallels. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh. He, he all and they they never really in the comics gave him that much to do. Like he was always just the person who teleported someone here or there. He was always just a computer guy. And here it just felt like they just gave him so much more weight. I'm just like, yeah, I want a cyborg movie now. I doubt that would ever happen because Ray Fisher is kind of on like a one man, uh, <laughs> one man wrecking crew to like take down some of the effects at WB because he complained about the reshoots they did on the Whedon cut, and he was like. Josh Whedon was a terrible director, like, and 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 Jeff Which Johns seems to like come allowed more this. More true every day. Yeah, somehow. yeah. 
And like he was like Jeff Jones was you know he also perpetrated it and he was terrible. And then he was and then he said like well he had one meeting with the curtain at Zed and he was kind of like, you know maybe we can just like, just you know forget about it. Um, but now he's and they've opened up a whole investigation over everything. So I doubt a cyborg movie will ever happen now. But I hope it does. I hope and Ray Fisher's a great actor. He is like a really he's a he's a theory, he comes from his back grade his back ground is in theater and stuff and so he's you know more of a thespian <laughs> than than uh than really anything. hard to hear that word without thinking about clayface from harley quinn i am a thespian <laughs> uh a terrible impression just go on no no that's pretty good uh he's so good in harley quinn i don't know who plays him but that person's killing it um, um oh no, uh, go ahead sorry i was gonna say i'm really sorry to to, to like untrack but i kind of been it's been uh, essentially nine days or so since it came out, and we haven't talked since then just by the schedule. And so I know I'm untracking us here and that people should just go watch your review, <laughs> but I can't not can't not talk about this with yeah. you. That would feel like sacrilege, but uh, either way, sorry for, for untracking things. I mean, we're only 12 yeah, minutes, fine. 13 it's minutes in. I think if people you know, uh, are, are, are valiant, uh, devoted listeners... They they know that there's going to be some DC talk involved. Yeah, in general. Um. Yeah. But today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, I'm uh, what we're talking. About? Oh, yeah, the pilot. That, let's the say unaired... something else that got recut, uh, very severely. Something else that got recut yeah. and improved. Well, a hundred percent reshot on, on this. Thousand one. thousand percent. Uh. So long story short, uh, we are. This is the weekend before Easter. And so the next two weekends, little crazy. I won't throw Chris under the bus. It's my fault. But little crazy. So we needed to come up with two slightly, slightly shorter topics. And this is something that Chris has had on his backlog for a little bit was to review the unaired pilot. Uh, so that's about a ten minute pilot episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender. If you had the DVD set, I believe you can watch the pilot. If you had the Blu-ray set, you can watch the pilot and definitely can watch it with commentary. I can't validate that on DVD because I wasn't paying attention for sure. Uh, but it's a 10-minute pilot that was given to us by Nickelodeon in our DVD and Blu-ray sets. Uh, Chris, any any foreshadowing or forethoughts before we jump uh, into the review? It's a really solid pilot. Um, you know, nowadays... I feel like they didn't used to do this. Nowadays, like the first episode of every series is called the pilot episode, mm-hmm. which to me, that's not the, to me, those aren't pilots. Those are just the first episode. <laughs> a pilot, a pilot is supposed to be this. It's supposed to be like, all right, here's a concept. Here's what a typical episode might feel like. Like, it's not supposed to be like, all right, this is just the first episode, right? Like you're supposed to just, supposed to be example. At least is what exactly. it's kind of supposed to be. Yeah. Nowadays, it does feel like a pilot episode is like, we want to see episode one, and we'll watch the whole thing that you paid for out of your pockets, and then we'll tell you if it sucks. Yeah. Um, but, so, so I think like I think as a pilot, it uh, it's I think it's a really good pilot. I think it proves the concept very well. Um, I think the animation is actually really great. In, oh, I want to say great. It's really really good in some scenes and other scenes just like ah man this needs some work um but you know it needs work it was though apparently took them like a year to do it uh uh, or at least took them like from listening to the commentary they said it took them a year to do the pilot and uh it took some now they did the commentary like in between book one and two which is really interesting to see them trying to like 
foreshadow things in book two. <laughs> and I'd be like, Mike and Brad, we know where we've been. We, um, we know what's up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but no, it's really, to me, it's a really good pilot. I think you already get a good sense of the characters and their interactions. Uh, I think, um, no, I think it's, it's a really good pilot. We'll get more uh, in depth in there. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in it. I will say before we get started, and the one thing that I did struggle with was kind of setting myself aside from like my current sentimental love of Avatar and just trying to watch it as a pilot. Like, hey, if somebody came and pitched this to you in 2002, mm. what would you? And it's really hard to do that because obviously we have sort of an intimate relationship with Avatar. Green light it, quick. And so it's kind of hard to remove myself. Also, I don't know much about other sort of legit pilots like this. My concept of pilots is more like what you described of an episode mm. one. So it's very interesting to me. So I'll say as you as you listen to, to Chris break it down, if you haven't watched it, first of all, just go watch it. Uh, but, but kind of set yourself apart from what you know and like about Avatar and, and try to remove that just, just a little bit at least to appreciate what's going on here. Uh, Chris, you'll appreciate, or you won't appreciate, actually. I have literally, like, zero notes on this because I put together a slide, <laughs> like, five five minutes ago. But it's a very short pilot, so I yeah, feel too the bad. Story-wise, story the main story is Aang, uh, Sokka, and Kaya. <laughs> Kaya is Katara. They that, that was the name they went with at that point in time, and they've changed it since then. <clears throat> Um, they're just you know out and about doing their thing, and Sokka kind of runs into like a Fire Nation camp. No, he runs into just Fire Nation people, and they take him hostage. And then Guitar tries to go save him, and then Aang saves them, and then they get in a fight with the Fire Nation, and then they escape, they get away, which is actually I think a a pretty good idea for an episode, right? Like, all right, hey, Sokka got kidnapped, we gotta go save him. Like that that would be an interesting episode in of itself. Yeah, something that they didn't actually end up using. Uh, a lot of other small pieces kind of foreshadow into episodes that you see, and you're like, oh, I, I see where they used that idea. Yeah, I guess Sokka like, never got kidnapped, did he? Uh, no. Not that I know of, at least. Well, uh, no, not really. Okay. Not that he didn't purposely do it himself, I guess. <laughs> By the boiling rock. <laughs> that was kind of his fault. You're right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so a couple of the specific things that I think I really liked about the pilot was, um, or one of the things there was a main difference is that the Fire Nation outfits were way different. It, they, I feel like they screamed were the villains, even though, I mean. The, I, I, I've got notes <laughs> pulled up right now, and I'm looking at these, and they look like kind of, they're they're kind of, generic ish but like like video game bad guy outfit kind of mm -hmm. like you know yeah. that you're supposed to go hit those guys with the stick they're, yeah they're obviously the bad guys i mean it is interesting it looks like they have like maybe, maybe it's like dragon bone spikes or sometimes a bone spikes which yeah, i think is like a bone spike yeah um oh and the intro for the intro was very much the same as the intro from uh, from the TV show, uh, just like slight variations, the it's a very the, uh, way to show graphics. So yeah. <laughs> the um, 
I did like the the female bender who I guess was Azula at the time. Oh no, I liked her design more so than the other other ones for for whatever reason. I interpreted it as Azula, but I guess you're right. They never they never specify. But I did. I just like my brain made it Azula, whether it needed to be or not. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love what they ended up doing anyway, because because the, they had the, uh, the the benders. You know, you you saw you saw them and saw who they were. That one guy, Earthbender guy, I believe he was the original design for Toph when Toph was supposed to be a guy. I love Toph um, so much. I'm, so I'm glad, glad that Toph turned out to be uh, exactly who he is. Shout out Aaron Ehaus for that change. Um, I feel like I'm in like a weird anti-Aaron Ehaus mood lately. We do. I'm not, we though. sort of I'm accidentally not. omit him sometimes, not on purpose, and then we like catch ourselves, but we're always like... It's break. Ah, what's Aaron up to? <laughs> well, it's, it's just that like sometimes I see people online that's like Aaron Ehaus was the real architect, and I'm like, no, he wasn't. Like he was very, very important, but he was not the architect of the show. Like the show, the the they pitched the whole show in in two weeks, and Aaron Ehaus was nowhere in sight. It was just Mike and Brian. Um, Aaron Ehaus, his his contributions cannot be understated. But I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna give him full credit. I'm gonna give Mike and Brian like seventy percent credit and, and a lot of credit for putting the right people to do the right jobs. Because sometimes also people use that as a against Legend of Korra because they're like, "See, Ernie House wasn't involved in Legend of Korra, and that's why I sucked." And like one thing, it, didn't, it doesn't you suck. suck. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. One of these days, I'm going to do a video of just like a dragon, which you sort of did, just Dragon Prince versus Avatar Last Airbender versus Legend Core, more like a a Venn diagram kind of thing to show like, all right, this is what what Aaron Ehas and Bright do together really well. And now you break off Aaron Ehas and like, and then you break off Mike and Brian. Like what, where are the overlaps? What are the things that they do well that the other one didn't do well where i think they do well together one of these days i'll make that video we will have to have tyler back on an episode uh one because i mean i think he such such valuable detailed contributions two we will have to split that into like 10 episodes because i know <laughs> how that's gonna go i'm gonna say realistically two episodes but um because i know exactly how it's gonna go down uh, also Giancarlo volpe we're big fans of you too thanks buddy big fans <laughs> Not yeah, try, not trying to leave him out either. He's got a <laughs> he's got a person in that pie. Ah, some of the uh, I I don't remember where you were at in your description, but like it, you, you mentioned earlier that the animation. I'm gonna kind of like tweak that just a bit. It's not that the animation is good. It's probably what maybe what you'd expect from a pilot. I'm not sure. I know the animation is extremely like probably the expensive part, right? But the art yeah. itself is avatar like it's unmistakably it's 100 percent. it's very good just the actual art style and what the the frames the the frames that you do see are just unmistakably beautiful avatar and i love that so i'm scrolling yeah. through all these pictures in here and it just there's you, a you oh there's one the shot that i wish like i wish they had done um they showed ang but in the intro they showed him right behind a lion turtle statue like a huge flying turtle statue oh, yeah i got like, that one. like it's a great shot. Um, I kind of wish they would have done that because that would have been like just some clear foreshadowing into 
into uh, the finale and we're in in the, like there is a lion turtle in the intro but it's like a really small statue like you you, you almost it's it's unnoticeable but this one is like really huge and i feel like it makes a more of a connection between the lion turtles and the avatar and it's like right and i know you can't say i don't know why i'm bothering but it's it's in the mm-hmm. intro even too right like it's not even in the episode yeah, uh, yeah. itself but it's in the intro to the episode and it's like oh it just i don't know it's really cool. I can't say that just unmistakably you could plug that scene into current Avatar and that's not a pilot. Like It's a beautiful frame of the actual show and fit right in. Which yeah. I mean is a, it's very high praise obviously. I'm actually surprised they got um, most of the voice actors for it because that's all them besides um, the voice actor for Aang. They're all the same voice actor. That's Dante Bosco. That's Mae Whitman. That's Jack Dasana. Um, I didn't. I didn't know really that that's uh, that they would have gotten their voice actors that early. I mean, I know they can you know change and everything, but oh, that was kind of cool. Like, how would you get those people? Like, hey, we might have a job. Come by, do this ten minute pilot, yeah. and then if it doesn't, well, I guess that's uh, is. I mean, is that now that I think about it? Now that I think about it, that happens a lot in live action shows. So like there's some sometimes a lot of times I hear actors being like, Yeah, I was in this pilot for this one thing that never got off there, never got off the foot. Um, but I just thought that maybe animation would be a little different because you don't you don't need to hear exactly how they're gonna sound like to me that's not proof of concept or anything. But like when when you're doing a live action thing, you need to get a sense of this actress or this actor if you feel like they can sell the show or That's not. That's the appearance and the voice at that point in yes. the live action. Uh, yeah. Looking at the, I'm looking at the voice actors here and so you got the, the, the names <clears throat> that we, that we know, right? Uh, Mae Whitman, Jack Tassana, Dante Bosco, and then D Bradley Baker, who oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not familiar with, but under her, there's like Wait, six uh, things listen, listed. There's Momo. You should be familiar with, you hear him, you've heard him in every, his voice. He voices every animal in Avatar. I just, um, I mean, you've probably said it before, but I'm just looking at, like, uh, everybody else has, like, one credit. Dante Bosco has two. This guy's got, like, five in the pilot. He's Momo. He's off <laughs> Rhinos. So not Namor, just Rhinos. <laughs> and then Soldier Number Two and Random Soldiers. He, uh, he's, yeah, he voices pretty much every animal it. and both Legend Korra and and uh avatar he's he's an amazing talent he's he also voiced <laughs> he also voiced um uh tarlock in in book one his that first, was like <laughs> his first credit is legends of the hidden temple in 1993 my wife wow that. i know that's wild that's his first what was he I, it didn't what say. was he it didn't say it just that was his first credited role his voice doesn't seem deep enough to be the. I forget. I wonder Motel, if there's like I, I you know remember. there's sometimes there's like crazy just like sort of uh, yeah. not ambient noises or whatever but like the police <laughs> academy sound effects. He was right, he was just the sound effects guy. Maybe that yeah. would be it. That's amazing. I'm sorry, D. Bradley Baker. I'll never forget your name again, <laughs> ever. That's amazing. Uh, see what else did I want to say? Oh, uh, there was a really great animation scene <laughs> that uh, Mike Brown talking about. Because I watched it with the commentary, and they were talking about how like they they were thinking about doing more 3D animation, and then they did this one scene in the pilot, and then they just kind of didn't go back to doing more 3D. And it was a scene where um where Momo is chase is having that fight with the um hawk, and like they're going through like the the building landscape with all the fire and stuff. And to me, that's a really 
cool scene. It's not polished, but it's a really good like POV scene. I think it was done really well. Then and they were like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> I I'd like to think that they were doing some 3D animation. And then they went to the movie theater and saw like Jaws 3D and Saw 3D and all this other, like just amalgam of crap that was in 3D at that time. They're like, you know what? We're probably not going to do that. Uh, we we oh, talked, and that brings me talked about um, some things that are the same, or or that sort of translated and carried over. Do you want to hit on some things that are different? Or I totally interrupted whatever it was you were. No, uh, this this goes with both of what I was about to say. What you're asking me. Um, <laughs> so. Momo was chasing the hawk. Zuko was originally supposed to have this hawk, like, like it was supposed to his. It's supposed to be his Momo, like that was supposed to be like his pet that he was going to take around with him oh. all the time. Did I, or was that commentary? Was that in? Uh, that was commentary. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of uh, so cool. that kind of yeah, kind of would have been interesting. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if I. I, I prefer Zuko to be just kind of a, a loner, like, he's like he, no, no, he's all, yeah, was, animals or nothing. Yeah, he's almost too emo to have a pet. Like, you can't be that emo with a pet. <laughs> I feel like Charlie got, my dog got really upset when he was, he, Zuko can't have a pet, and then Charlie started barking out there. Uh, no, I think I, like, it would have been neat, but I think I like it how it turned out, obviously. Um, that was a really pets cool. And Momo. I can't get over Momo. We gotta, <laughs> he's like a, I, I mean, so he himself is, is, is the same essentially, but I can't get over the 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 robot factoid, the little cyborg Momo robot factoid. Oh, from the uh, first drawing. The okay, I did, couldn't remember if that was first drawing or like pilot, and then they scratched it and changed it. But... No, nah, I never got to pilot. They uh they they scrapped that whole uh whole kind of steampunk cybernetic <laughs> monkey thing. When when you initially said this, I was so excited because I was like, you know, I've never actually seen uh, Android Momo, and I was so excited. And then I flipped on the pilot, and I can't express how disappointed I was that he oh, was not. Because well, I we've talked about it before, so it's just my own memory failing me <laughs> that it didn't make it this far. But for some reason, I had it in my head that I was going to see Cyborg Momo. And so when he pops on Android, screen, like, he'll be he will be an Android. Come on, child. What what the hell is this? He's probably an android. We just didn't see it because they never peeled back the skin or whatever. You know, he's an android under there, just like that. Androids, uh, androids are are fully robotic. Cyborgs are uh, half robotic, half organic. Maybe he, maybe he is a cyborg under there. He's just, yeah. just good coverage combo. <laughs> but I just, I for some reason I had it in my head that it was that version of Momo, and I was diving into that world. And so, like, uh, it was like a fourth wall breaking for me, my own disappointment, because he wasn't, he was not uh, cybernetic in any way. And that, that hurt me a little bit. Okay, I'm over it, though. I just had to find a way to fit that in. Uh, there was a really cool scene of a, uh, like, right when Aang is fighting Zuko, like, Zuko does this, like, fire breath thing and he gets down to the ground, which is, I don't know, it was just a really, and it was, it was breathing fire out of his nose. I just I just found that really a uh, really cool scene, um, and the fight choreography was really good. Even at this point, they had Sifu Kisu on board, and you can tell that. But there there was just really the fight between Aang and Zuka I think was done really really well, especially for a, a pilot. Um, it, was, it was heavily choreographed, um, and they probably did more slow mo. And, and that's the thing about this pilot is that it's it's more exaggerated 
<laughs> like it's more anime like i think um a little bit less grounded which i mean avatar you know delves into that here and there but it wouldn't i don't think it would be as good if it was just like this all the time it's kind of just too too goofy yeah maybe just a smidge not that avatar's grounded in any way shape or form but like a little less grounded even than it currently is um also i felt like so there again a compliment zuko was kind of unmistakably zuko and he felt like the zuko that we ultimately kind of get but it's one of those where it's like there's just something a little off and i couldn't put my finger out it's like whatever it is i don't know if he's a little taller or just like more i i can't even put my finger like whatever they changed and made zuko zuko I'm glad because there's watching this pilot. It's like something just a little, I don't know. He looks stumpier and, and like surlier even than, than TV show mm. Zuko turned out to be. And I can't put my finger on the thing is, I mean, technically Zuko is actually five, four in the show. Um, they, they, they have, yeah, they have, um, they have their height somewhere like in the art of book. Yeah. He's only like five, four. <laughs> he'll be, he'll probably grow no higher than like five. I mean, what is he? Sixteen, ish. So he'll have, uh, I don't think I was five four. I had I my growth spurt have... early, so I was, you know, like I, I feel like I've been five nine since you know, eighth grade or something. <laughs> hit my growth spurt early, and I was dead. Oh, uh, you probably thought you were going to keep growing too for a yeah, while. Yeah, because all my brothers are six two, so I really had high hopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pun sorry, intended. Sean. Oh well. <laughs> I, I I knew I was going to match out where I met my dad is. Uh, pretty much my exact height, and uh, my family on my mother's side, all this side. I only have like one tallish uncle who sits too. I'll say somewhere around somewhere around senior year of high school, practicing my post moves because like gonna grow into a center, and it never happened to quote John Mulaney, but it didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, you know, someday I'll cross my fingers it could still happen. Lots of people grow at thirty one. That's yeah, uh, not accurate, but uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> other uh, other stark differences or things that you were watching that you're like, I'm um, glad that they they polished a rough edge on this part or that person. Uh, voice acting for for Aang was a, is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, changing Kaya's name to Katara was um, oh, Katara just seems more. Um, water bendery yeah i guess so that's um, <laughs> why they, they said they mentioned that in um in their original drawings they were just gonna have katara's hair loopies just kind of dangle and then um their brian was saying yeah he he lived over in korea for like four months um south korea the good korea although i feel like he's anytime i don't know why this bugs me <laughs> anytime someone says like oh yeah korea like they are always they're always talking about South Korea unless they specifically say North Korea. It's Korea, North Korea. I don't know if you ever yeah. been to Hutchison, Kansas, but it's the same way. It's like they're talking about Hutchison, or if they mean South Hutchison, they're gonna specify. So it's like mm, I'm not going to South Hutchison. That's a real thing that happens. <laughs> um, also, just don't go to Hutchison. Which I'm saying, random back thing to Batman to DC is is it Hutchison or is it McPherson? Or is it, are they both towns that think there's the claim that they're Smallville? Um, Hutchison is what I mentally associate with Smallville. Oh, okay. 
Uh, I was. <laughs> I could be. I could be mistaken. I'm gonna say 80 80 20 percent sure. I was uh, thinking about doing a video of like where the Smallville exists in the Snyder universe in Kansas, um, because they're just like some little. It ain't even a town. Here. It's like a. It's like my family's barn. Uh, no, it's pretty big. Like they have a Sears and an IHOP. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Um, yeah. The the kids just live on their own farm within within that. Um, and so, like, I, I like Google like Sears locations when Sears was around, and then also like the bank that took over the Kent Farm. Their number starts with seven eight five, which I found that to be cool. Um, it should be six two zero. That's crap. They're so wrong. I know, That's, right? I would have thought it would have been six two zero. What a but... lot of inaccurate horse crap. <laughs> and so, like, all right, well, that puts them. Well, that was the bank, but granted, banks, small banks, tend to do around the area. Um, and so I. So I was like, all right, well, the Kents must live in 785 area code. Um, so then I looked up where, like, where uh, Sears are located at. And then looks like it could be um, uh, probably. And also, John the Kent talked about going to K-State whenever he was showing them uh, the the key in, in Men of Steel. And so, and like, it's, it's only you know you're talking about an hour and a half drive from like McPherson to to K State, probably somewhere like you know it's very, very geographically close. Yeah. Uh, which was what was this town? I'm there's sure town, it's there's, a, there's a town by Manhattan, Riley, Fort Riley, uh, Fort Riley. Okay. Yeah. So I think maybe Fort Riley is 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 the small anyway i probably won't really? do that video because oh, no, I, kinda... I don't uh no i actually think it was uh, like i'm like i'm fairly confident hutch also i don't think fort riley has like enough standalone like i don't think you can go to fort riley and go to a sears or anything like that i mean there's a sears there whatever this place i looked up they had a sears there's oh. two places uh let's see junction you city? can't see me now that's okay junction city junction, junction city, city. That's okay that there could be a sears there i would say that superman you know, at Superman, you can do better than Junction City, man. He, you can. He seems more southern, uh, southern Kansas and northern Kansas. Just, I mean, just Smallville. But within the Snyderverse is what I'm was getting, and that just uh, Smallville. Is, okay. Okay. Yeah, specifically in the Snyderverse. Just going literally with what you're presented, canon right there in the Snyderverse. Yes. That's hey, that's as good of as an approach as any. Um, no, I, I think when Smallville is on, we all thought Hutchison, or like even historically, Smallville being Hutchison. Yeah, uh, and I, I had a friend who, uh, who's into comics also. And I think he was claiming that McPherson was Smallville, and how there's like this weird wi- rivalry between Hutchison and, and uh, McPherson. They're both <laughs> tremendously talented, like football, high school football <laughs> towns. Maybe it's just like bleeds into the rivalry. Like, Superman is us. <laughs> yeah. Great football towns. Um, but he was also watching a KU game, a KU football game. Maybe he, maybe he's a K State fan. Was watching a KU football game. Because he knew they sucked. The K State part is uh, I don't I don't feel like I've ever heard that one debated at all. I feel like he's always kind of a K State guy through and through. KU really is just kind of northeast Kansas. Like any farther west you go, it it kind of turns predominantly K State. But it's like a mm, okay. I, I, I hate to make this parallel, but it's almost like the the presidential election where the 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 geographical area of the state <laughs> is predominantly K State. Uh, oh, but, but the that. person. Uh, the person divide the actual human headcount KU to K State is probably very even, but it's just the corner yeah. um, of Kansas. I could be mistaken. I'd... No, this probably seems fairly accurate. 
Uh, anyway, uh, back to Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Emerald City Comic Con. We're going to hit that next year. It's going to be great. That touches it. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I was like, Emerald City. I think it's um, Emerald City Comic Con. I just got all these weird claims to fame. Well, Emerald City, there's an Emerald City Comic Con. Is that Because I've used it. Uh, well, no, that I'm talking. That's in like Seattle or something like that. Um, what? Because I've used a clip from Emerald City Comic Con where, uh, the back to Avatar, um, where the creator, where Jin Jin Yuen Lang, oh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name, um, was talking about the comic books and he was saying how uh, Zuko and May broke up and how a person wrote into him saying he broke up love and then saying and then but then he was like, well, they get back together in three years. I forgot about that. <laughs> what is the one? Oh, okay, so I mean, you're totally right, and I believe you there. But there's a Comic Con in Wichita that I thought was like uh, Wichita Hutchison that had like a Wizard of Oz theme name, probably. Or something. And it was Steampunky is what stood out to me. That uh, uh, the... probably Yellow Brick Road Comic Con. <laughs> Steampunky, but uh, any, anyway, anyway, you're definitely right though. I do recall that. I, I, I believe you. I'm not doubting you. <laughs> See, it's all connected. It's all uh, we, you know, we, we, that's why I purposely diverted into talking about where Smallville, Kansas is at in the Snyderverse. Um, but, okay, the pilot. Great pilot. Uh, what else was different that was a, a change? I think that the uh, biggest oh, things for me oh. were just, just little things that, like, uh, things things feeling off. And, like, uh, I can't necessarily pin my finger on, like, one exact part of where it's, like, things are off and I'm sitting there watching thinking, man, I'm, I'm really <laughs> grateful that they refined that and, and re, uh, redirected it the way that they did. Like, close, but not quite right. Like, you get a I recipe wonder... and you forgot an ingredient or something. I wonder where they're going to do more animal killings. They should have killed the unagi and showed its head on the car. <laughs> that was messed up. Just what everybody wants to see in a pilot is... Oh dang it! We didn't have the unagi. We can I mean, we can we can fix that between. Okay. Hey, come back uh, next yeah. week. We got something entertaining playing. <laughs> we think uh, we can we can fi- fit that in, Chris. <laughs> or the serpent? Uh, only one serpent. Uh, number sixteen uh, is kind of lame, in my opinion, anyway, because we never see the thing. So we can we can put okay. them off the list. Uh, That's pilot, true. Pilot. Final, final <laughs> thoughts on the on the pilot. I think it was a great pilot. I haven't watched it in like five years or so um but i thought it was really good really really good um for it for a pilot we i didn't put any ratings or anything because i don't know how you would rate a pilot i did pick this screenshot on purpose because like that's that's some sick avatar story. oh it's not that's, the same a, but it's wait that's a that's a difference um so <laughs> i didn't notice this until i watched the pilot on commentary and he's fighting zuko he purposely <laughs> put himself in danger to trigger the avatar state. Yeah, he, he jumps like, pissed his own like he he flipped his own switch sort of. He was Yeah, he which at first when I when I watched I just thought he could just control the avatar state. Um but here he he doesn't really control. I mean he does control it but it's not he's he, it's not mastered. He purposely jumped off of a building that way he would be in a life dangerous situation that would trigger the avatar state i was trying to and think of like a human equivalent because it's kind of a i mean it's insane but it's kind of a baller move on ang so i was trying to think of like you know when ang, uh what adrenaline kicks in 
It'd be like doing yeah. something really stupid to get your adrenaline to kick in just to be like, I can run faster now. Like if you threw yourself in front of a bus just so you can see how fast you can run. That's what Aang did. That would, that would be an interesting like uh, superhero power. That would almost be like a, a My Hero Academia quirk. Like he could, he, could, he could run and have super strength, but he must be in moral danger. <laughs> only in extremely specific circumstances that may yeah. or may not be scary his name him. is his name is adrenaline i'm surprised <laughs> it actually doesn't exist adrenaline. Um, um, yeah turn so that's what i was trying of... to think of the human equivalent of like if i had to get the max out of myself i had to run my best 40 time what would i do bus uh speaking of my hero a new season starts up uh this weekend sometime. i've got several episodes i haven't gone back and caught up on the dubs so i've actually got quite a ways to to catch back up oh, okay i'll get there i'll get there um uh what thought... else was it oh they were they were fighting on a statue they said in the commentary it was a it was like an avatar statue that the financial was repurposing to be for ozai and they did go back and kind of use this thing uh or this concept of fighting on it and then the episode Return to Omashu when they're uh, fighting on the Ozai statue. You can tell me if my brain missed it because, uh, again, to read it, I didn't watch with commentary. And so you can tell me if my brain like mistook it. It's like I knew I knew that it was Fire Nation something. I didn't really pick up on the on the finite, like, hey, this was Avatar and now it's been repurposed. It, to me, it was just big Fire Nation statue. It didn't necessarily feel like it specified that it was Ozai or anything like that. Maybe I just didn't. It didn't. Was it? But uh, I was like, oh, big bad, big bad guy statue. Um, I thought, uh, again, I had a hard time overall, had a hard time like separating myself from what I know about Avatar now and not judging it against that. Uh, but when I try really hard to remove myself, and again, I looked at the art style. I know the animation's going to get shorted. That that part I can I can wrap my mind around. Like the, the, the art style and the voices and the things like that that were just sort of unmistakably avatar and you could have plugged a lot of those pieces into the main series and it and like you could have found a place for it or made it fit or made it work and that to me signals a good pilot like the pilot showed what the series would become so i would say that's a, a good thing that's that's my review no no number review but if i had to say to watch it i would just say go watch it because it's only 10 minutes long uh okay probably... so it's a good watch great watch Probably the first time I ever watched it through. I know we've talked about it a lot. I don't think I ever actually just sat down and dedicated watch it uh, before. So I'm glad I did. That's all I got. Is it entertaining? Uh, entertaining bit of side Avatar stuff, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, Chris, final thoughts on the pilot? Or is it time uh, to no. record our next exciting next week uh, episode? That's my segue listen to our episode next week because it is weird and different and we hope that you will appreciate it uh, because it's going to be March Madness time and Easter time if you celebrate one or both of those things or whatever <laughs> do you celebrate March Madness? I, I don't know if that's a celebration thing. I kind of do. So come back next week. Uh, but in the meantime thanks for hanging out with us this week for kind of a, an odd episode. Um, my name's Sean Shaler. That's Chris Board, aka The Objective Geek. This is Avatar The Last Podcasters. You can find us at last underscore podcasters on Twitter and Instagram, but probably Twitter. And then facebook.com slash Avatar The Last Podcasters. Thanks so much for listening into this. Uh, we hope you will join us again next week.
Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford down there, aka the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. As I'm looking at the video, I realize I forgot to zoom in on my face. <laughs> You're so tiny. I'm so little. <laughs> I can just. You know what's sad is I was so proud. I got a haircut today, and I was really happy with how my hair looked, and I was so happy to show it off, and I forgot to zoom in. So at a natural pause, if you notice my video zooming in, it's out of pure uh, pure ego, pure narcissism is all. But in the meantime, hey, Chris, how you doing? I am doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I'm excited. I signed up to get the uh, COVID vaccine, so I'm just you know excited for whatever superpowers I get. Um, and uh, Ooh, you know, I hope it's something. Nice. Something. Hope it's something you know useful. I'm always hoping for um, electricity or something. I mean, immunity to certain diseases that would be great too. That's a pretty solid but, superpower uh, in its own right. The ability to go outdoors again. <laughs> I, have, I now have the, the ability to go to the movies. Chris has the ability to eat in restaurants. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Wait, I said boom babies. It's bang babies, isn't it? I even ruined that. I can't get two words yeah, right. Bang babies. Bang babies. My bad. Sorry, static. Uh I uh Chris, you recently put out I have to plug it because it's one of my favorite videos that I think that you've ever done, in my personal opinion. Uh I would love it if you plugged your most recent video, but then also any other things you got in the works, of course. Uh, oh yeah. So most recent video is, uh, they are black or cartoon characters that are black, but not actually black. I forget exactly what I titled it, but essentially cartoon characters who are not black, but they're black to me. <laughs> and, and, uh, it was a lot of fun doing that video. Um, a lot of fun editing. I don't, I usually don't have as much fun editing video. It just depends on the video. I don't have fun editing movie reviews. That's, um, that's a little bit more just like gruesome and tiresome. Just hearing myself talk a lot. Um, there's just not a lot of storytelling, and it may have to change my movie reviews and make it more interesting for myself. But <laughs> never, but, uh, never make a video that you would not watch, right, or something like that. I, I, I would, I would watch it. I oh, just okay. didn't. Well, I just fine. don't enjoy editing. <laughs> yeah. Then you're fine. Um, but this one was a lot of fun, uh, and this has been a video that I've been wanting to do now for probably two or three years, because um, it's always a kind of on an interesting topic. And uh, got some good uh, feedback from it. It's not the thing is, is that I feel did <laughs> not to sound too um, too uh, full of myself, <laughs> but but um, I, I feel like a an artist. I don't know. I feel like there was some artistry to it because to me, sometimes true artist artism is, is when you do something for yourself. Like, this is one of those videos that I knew wasn't gonna be like great when it comes to performance. Because most of the time, only my avatar videos do like really great, um, really creative things don't really appeal to the algorithm. I think is kind of what it amounts yeah. to. And really creative things tend to be the artistic things that you feel good about. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's a shame. No, no, it, it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, no, love it's making fine. it. It's a shame, um, damn it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even even my. I have a college friend who also has a YouTube channel. His name, uh, the YouTube channel is J and J Rants. Um, and he, even he was like, "Hey, I shared your video on YouTube, man. It was really good." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." I mean, he shared, shared it on Facebook. He was like, "Do you mind?" I was like, "Oh, not at all. Go ahead, thank you. please." Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't share anything of... on Facebook because I'm always scared of backlash I'll get for things that are one thousand percent innocent from random. Oh, I hate Facebook so much. I'm sorry if you like Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. If you're listening to this, I'm really sorry. 
it's not to offend you. Uh, but uh, yeah, go uh, go watch the video. I, I put it, it's a video that's uh, fairly jokey. It's probably one of my more jokey. I think sometimes I write jokes in the videos, and usually it's probably like one or two jokes every video. I feel like I wrote more this one time around. Um, I'm gonna describe it as, little, it's um, it is you you approach it sort of uh what am i trying to say like respectfully like as a, a topic that you approach with a certain amount of respect and seriousness but then there's also the other side where you do have sort of more comedy and humor like i think it hits both like if a movie review is right down the middle you kind of hit farther on each side of the spectrum than in a movie review if i may say so oh thank you uh oh, really uh really enjoy the video uh before that i reviewed um Zack snyder's justice league which was I, I love the film. Um, I hope to watch it again. <laughs> Just depends on time. Um, that video I hated editing because I also went back and included my uh, review of the 2017 version, just the Whedon cut of it, which I edited clips from that. Which that was my first YouTube video, which is uh, I just cringe watching it because <laughs> I can just see like how much <laughs> I can just see how much I've gotten better. Like how many little ticks I don't I no longer do, um, like saying um a lot, but it's okay to say um, um just in conversation. But it was just it was just kind of crazy <laughs> video. And uh, but no, I, I there's you know the two movies have such a night and day difference that I thought it would be interesting. I I, you know, I thought about a lot of different ways to do that video. I thought about like having my TV and showing it on YouTube and being like you know all Zach Morris like stop. Wait a minute, guy. This and this. <laughs> but then I was like, I don't have time. Freeze for that. frame. Then, yeah, freeze. I thought that your script for your Justice, personally, I thought your script for your Justice League uh, review was, was well written. I don't, you know, it sounds like you weren't fond of the editing necessarily. I didn't notice too much because I was more interested in your actual insights movie. <laughs> didn't necessarily agree with all the points, but uh, in general, I thought your review was very good. And I was, I don't want to get too crazy. I was happy with the movie not not like nine out of ten material in my head or anything like that but uh i was very happy with the movie thanks for letting me bum your hbo max so i could spend four hours of a work day watching that movie holy crap it's long four hours and two minutes i think uh so if you don't if that doesn't sound good to you maybe watch a 10 minute review first to see if it's worth your time there's a really great version of of that movie which i already think the movie's great but there's a better version that's like three hours and 20 minutes. I I know it's very cliche and I think it's a big part of the internet's feedback in general. And I hate to you know jump on that train, but knowing that the DCU won't build on the end of that movie, I think that whole, the whole epilogue part that like 20 minutes or whatever, I, I could have done without it. Quite. That's probably my biggest complaint is knowing that the DCU won't expand upon that part. Uh, at this point, they might. They they might. I mean, they. I, I will be I, I was, surprised. I wouldn't. Um, wouldn't. I'll say this: the the DC universe is no longer just Zack Snyder and just his vision. It's it's expanded. These characters, even in, within the movie, has expanded beyond that. I mean, Patty Jenkins have done so much work with Wonder Woman. Uh, James Wan has done so much work with Aquaman. Shazam is in this universe. Like the universe has expanded, and so no longer is it just uh, Zack Snyder's vision of it. And so I think that gives them leeway actually to be like, "Hey, yeah, we can have all these different types of movies." Um, also, I, I 
I'm sure HBO Max is going to see the dividends that this is going to bring in because it's, it's been fairly well reviewed, fairly good, um, good uh, publicity, good substantially good word of mouth. better than the than the original <laughs> being everybody's point. Uh, whether yeah. you liked it or not, I think there's like a unanimous agreement out there. Like, yeah, it's way better. <laughs> I don't know many people that lo- like. I liked it a lot. I didn't. Well, maybe I did love it to a certain. As a DC fan, I loved watching it. Hmm. Um, going, I went back and watched it right afterwards, and I was like, "Holy crap! This movie is way it it's <laughs> it's so it's a nine day difference. Like almost literally. Like there's some shots where in the Whedon cut where it's just bright, bright. It's so freaking saturated. That um, the weird brown. <laughs> some of the stuff that I never would have questioned at the time, just because I don't watch movies that way. Yeah. But then I'm watching Snyder, and I'm not the biggest. We've had talks in the past. I'm not the biggest Snyder fan by any means, uh, as a lot of people probably aren't. Like, I probably represent something closer to the masses, I think. But, like, watching the Snyder cat, like, you know what? What he's doing makes, like, ten times as much sense as that garbage. Like, what, were they in a desert? Is Chernobyl in a desert? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... I mean, and there's also something to be said, like, all right, well, you had four hours to make a movie. Um, any, and, it's true. Yeah. And so that gives you enough time to just sit and, and breathe and be with the characters and don't feel so rushed. Like the, and there are at least the two Wheaton characters, cut. if not more, probably more, but at least two <laughs> characters that wildly benefited. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wildly benefited. Cyborg. Like, I now, I, they used to talk about, oh, yeah, we're going to do a cyborg movie. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. That was the best um, improvement like, of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, sure. without a doubt. Loved, loved Cyborg. Yeah. Loved hearing the story. And oh, he's like now he has instantly become like one of my favorite characters in that movie. One of the top two or three most enjoyable yeah. characters in that movie, I think. Probably top. Like two, I said, uh, there, there's comic book fans. So Cyborg originated in Teen Titans. That's um, the only other place I know him from personally. As not a <laughs> comics guy, so I don't have a yeah. good Cyborg foundation. Like he's always been like one of the leaders of the Teen Titans, along with Robin and, and stuff. And so when when DC did New Fifty Two, they brought him into the Justice League because it was like, all right, we need, I don't know, just pre- really they needed probably more diversity. Although I mean, the, the league had plenty of diversity, but they're like for this for the main seven, for for the first seven members, you know, they brought in Cyborg. And as a comic fan, a lot of other ones, a lot of other fans agree, like Cyborg never felt like he belonged there. He always felt like um, a little tokeny, because once they, they they didn't service the character that much. Oftentimes, so in in the comic book, he like fused with the mother bots. He's he was like able two to birds, like he's two tokens and one stuff. Like, hey, now we represent <laughs> androids and black people. We're fine. We got it. Yeah. that's enough. Cyborg, cyborg, Sean, not androids. They don't like me calling that. They're cyborgs. You, you're right. Yeah. They hate it when I go. <laughs> so many parallels. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh. He, he all and they they never really in the comics gave him that much to do. Like he was always just the person who teleported someone here or there. He was always just a computer guy. And here it just felt like they just gave him so much more weight. I'm just like, yeah, I want a cyborg movie now. I doubt that would ever happen because Ray Fisher is kind of on like a one man, uh, <laughs> one man wrecking crew to like take down some of the effects at WB because he complained about the reshoots they did on the Whedon cut, and he was like. Josh Whedon was a terrible director, like, and 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 Jeff Which Johns seems to like come allowed more this. More true every day. Yeah, yeah. 
And like he was like Jeff Jones was, you know, he also perpetrated it and he was terrible. And then he was and then he said like, well, he had one meeting with the curtain at Zed and he was kind of like, you know, maybe we can just like just, you know, forget about it. Um, but now he's and they've opened up a whole investigation over everything. So I doubt a cyborg movie will ever happen now. But I hope it does. I hope and Ray Fisher's a great actor. He is like a really he's a he's a theory. He comes from his back grade, his back ground is in theater and stuff and so he's you know more of a thespian <laughs> than than uh than really anything. hard to hear that word without thinking about Clayface from harley quinn i am a thespian <laughs> uh a terrible impression just go on no no that's pretty good uh he's so good in harley quinn i don't know who plays him but that person's killing it um, um oh no, uh, go ahead sorry i was gonna say i'm really sorry to to, to like untrack but i kind of been it's been uh, essentially nine days or so since it came out, and we haven't talked since then just by the schedule. And so I know I'm untracking us here and that people should just go watch your review, <laughs> but I can't not can't not talk about this with yeah. you. That would feel like sacrilege, but uh, either way, sorry for, for untracking things. I mean, we're only 12 yeah, minutes, fine. 13 it's minutes in. I think if people you know, uh, are, are, are valiant, uh, devoted listeners... They they know that there's going to be some DC talk involved. Yeah, in general. Um. Yeah. But today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, I'm uh, what we're talking about. Something <laughs> yeah, the pilot. That, let's the say unaired... something else that got recut, uh, very severely. Something else that got recut yeah. and improved. Well, a hundred percent reshot on, on this. Thousand one. thousand percent. Uh. So long story short, uh, we are. This is the weekend before Easter. And so the next two weekends, little crazy. I won't throw Chris under the bus. It's my fault. But little crazy. So we needed to come up with two slightly, slightly shorter topics. And this is something that Chris has had on his backlog for a little bit was to review the unaired pilot. Uh, so that's about a ten minute pilot episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender. If you had the DVD set, I believe you can watch the pilot. If you had the Blu-ray set, you can watch the pilot and definitely can watch it with commentary. I can't validate that on DVD because I wasn't paying attention for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's a 10-minute pilot that was given to us by Nickelodeon in our DVD and Blu-ray sets. Uh, Chris, any any foreshadowing or forethoughts before we jump uh, into the review? It's a really solid pilot. Um, you know, nowadays... I feel like they didn't used to do this. Nowadays, like the first episode of every series is called the pilot episode, mm-hmm. which to me, that's not the, to me, those aren't pilots. Those are just the first episode. <laughs> a pilot, a pilot is supposed to be this. It's supposed to be like, all right, here's a concept. Here's what a typical episode might feel like. Like, it's not supposed to be like, all right, this is just the first episode, right? Like you're supposed to just, it's supposed to be an example. At least is what exactly. it's kind of supposed to be. Yeah. Nowadays, it does feel like a pilot episode is like, we want to see episode one and we'll watch the whole thing that you paid for out of your pockets and then we'll tell you if it sucks. Yeah. Um, but so, nowadays, so I think, like I think as a pilot, it, uh, it's, I think it's a really good pilot. I think it proves the concept very well. Um, I think the animation is actually really great. And oh, I want to say great. it's really really good in some scenes and other scenes just like, ah, oh, man, this needs some work. Um, but you know, it needs work. It was, although apparently it took them like a year to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, or at least took them like from li- re- listening to the commentary, they said it took them a year to do the pilot and uh, it took some, now they did the commentary like in between book one and two, which is really interesting to see them trying to like 
foreshadow things in book two. <laughs> and I'd be like, Mike and Brad, we know where we've been. Now we know what's up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but no, it's really, to me, it's a really good pilot. I think you already get a good sense of the characters and their interactions. Uh, I think, um, no, I think it's, it's a really good pilot. We'll get more uh, in depth in there. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in it. I will say before we get started, and the one thing that I did struggle with was kind of setting myself aside from like my current sentimental love of Avatar and just trying to watch it as a pilot. Like, hey, if somebody came and pitched this to you in 2002, mm. what would you? And it's really hard to do that because obviously we have sort of an intimate relationship with Avatar. Green light it, quick. And so it's kind of hard to remove myself. Also, I don't know much about other sort of legit pilots like this. My concept of pilots is more like what you described of an episode mm. one. So it's very interesting to me. So I'll say as you as you listen to, to Chris break it down, if you haven't watched it, first of all, just go watch it. Uh, but, but kind of set yourself apart from what you know and like about Avatar and, and try to remove that just, just a little bit at least to appreciate what's going on here. Uh, Chris, you'll appreciate, or you won't appreciate, actually. I have literally, like, zero notes on this, because I put together a slide, <laughs> like, five five minutes ago. But it's a very short pilot, so I yeah, don't feel too the bad. Story-wise, story the main story is Aang, uh, Sokka, and Kaya. <laughs> Kaya is Katara. They that, that was the name they went with at that point in time, and they've changed it since then. <clears throat> Um, they're just, you know, out and about doing their thing, and Sokka kind of runs into, like, a Fire Nation camp. No, he runs into just Fire Nation people, and they take him hostage, and then Katara tries to go save him, and then Aang saves them, and they get in a fight with the Fire Nation, and then they escape, they get away, which is actually, I think, a, a pretty good idea for an episode, right? Like, alright, hey, Sokka got kidnapped, we gotta go save him. Like that that would be an interesting episode in and of itself. Yeah, something that they didn't actually end up using. Uh, a lot of other small pieces kind of foreshadow into episodes that you see, and you're like, oh, I, I see where they used that idea. Yeah, I guess Sokka like, never got kidnapped, did he? Uh, no. Not that I know of, at least. Well, uh, no, not really. Okay. Not that he didn't purposely do it himself, I guess. <laughs> By the boiling rock. That's <laughs> well, kind of his fault. You're right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so a couple of the specific things that I think I really liked about the pilot was, um, or one of the things there was a main difference is that the Fire Nation outfits were way different. It, they, I feel like they screamed were the villains, even though, I mean. The, I, I, I've got notes the, pulled up right now, and I'm looking at these, and they look like kind of, they're they're kind of, generic ish but like like video game bad guy outfit kind of mm -hmm. like you know yeah. that you're supposed to go hit those guys with the stick they're, they're, yeah. they're obviously the bad guys i mean it is interesting it looks like they have like maybe it's like dragon bone spikes or sometimes a bone spikes which yeah, i think is like a bone spike yeah um oh and the intro for the intro was very much the same as the intro from uh, from the TV show, uh, just like slight variations, the it's a very the, uh, good way to show graphics. So, the um, 
I did like the the female bender who I guess was Azula at the time. Oh no, I liked her design more so than the other other ones for for whatever reason. I interpreted it as Azula, but I guess you're right. They never they never specify. But I did. I just like my brain made it Azula, whether it needed to be or not. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love what they ended up doing anyway, because because the, they had the, uh, the the benders. You know, you you saw you saw them. And saw who they were. That one guy, Earthbender guy, I believe he was the original design for Toph when Toph was supposed to be a guy. I love Toph um, so much. I'm, so I'm glad, glad that Toph turned out to be uh, exactly who he is. Shout out Aaron Ehaus for that change. Um, I feel like I'm in like a weird anti Aaron Ehaus mood lately. We do. I'm not. We though. sort of I'm accidentally just... omit him sometimes, not on purpose, and then we like oh. catch ourselves, but we're always like, it's break. Ah, what's Aaron up to? <laughs> well, it's, it's just that like sometimes I see people online that's like, Aaron Ehaus was the real architect, and I'm like, no, he wasn't. Like He was very, very important, but he was not the architect of the show. Like the show, the the they pitched the whole show in in two weeks, and Aaron Ehaus was nowhere in sight. It was just Mike and Brian. Um, Aaron Ehaus, his his contributions cannot be understated. But I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna give him full credit. I'm gonna give Mike and Brian like seventy percent credit and, and a lot of credit for putting the right people to do the right jobs. Because sometimes, also people use that as a against Legend of Korra, because they're like, see, Ernie House wasn't involved in Legend of Korra, and that's why I sucked. And like, one thing, it, didn't, it doesn't you suck. suck. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. One of these days, I, I'm going to do a video of just like a Dragon, which you sort of did, this, of just Dragon Prince versus Avatar Last Airbender versus Legend of Korra, more like a, a Venn diagram kind of thing to show like, all right, this is what, this is what Aaron Ehas and Bright do together really well. And now you break off Aaron Ehas and like and then you break off Mike and Brian. Like what where are the overlaps? Where are the things that they do well that the other one didn't do well? Where are things they do well together? One of these days I'll make that video. We will have to have Tyler back on an episode. Uh one, because I mean I think he such such valuable detailed contributions. Two, we will have to split that into like ten episodes because I know <laughs> how that's gonna go. I'm gonna say realistically two episodes, but um <laughs> Because I know exactly how it's going to go down. Uh, also, Giancarlo Volpe, we're big fans of you too. Thanks, buddy. Big fans. Not yeah. Try, not trying to leave him out either. He's got a <laughs> he's got a person in that pie. Ah, some of the uh, I I don't remember where you were at in your description, but like it, you, you mentioned earlier that the animation. I'm gonna kind of like tweak that just a bit. It's not that the animation is good. It's probably what maybe what you'd expect from a pilot. I'm not sure. I know the animation is extremely like probably the expensive part right but the art yeah. itself is avatar like it's unmistakably it's 100 percent. it's very good just the actual art style and what the the frames the the frames that you do see are just unmistakably beautiful avatar and i love that so i'm scrolling yeah. through all these pictures in here and it just there's a uh, oh there's one shot out. that i wish like i wish they had done um they showed ang but in the intro, they showed him right behind a lion turtle statue, like a huge lion turtle statue. Oh, yeah, I got like, that one. Like, That's a great shot. Um, I kind of wish they would have done that because that would have been like just some clear foreshadowing into 
into uh, the finale and we're in in the like there is a lion turtle in the intro but it's like a really small statue like you you, you almost it's it's unnoticeable but this one was like really huge and i feel like it makes a more of a connection between the lion turtles and the avatar and it's like right and i know you can't say i don't know why i'm bothering but it's it's in the oh. intro even too right like it's not even in the episode yeah, uh, yeah. itself but it's in the intro to the episode and it's like oh it just i don't know it's really cool. I can't say that just unmistakably you could plug that scene into current Avatar and that's not a pilot. Like It's a beautiful frame of the actual show and fit right in. Which yeah. I mean is a, it's very high praise obviously. I'm actually surprised they got um, most of the voice actors for it because that's all of them besides um, the voice actor for Aang. They're all the same voice actors. That's Dante Bosco, that's Mae Whitman, that's Jack Dasana. Um I didn't I didn't know really that that's uh that they would have gotten their voice actors that early. I mean I know they can you know change and everything, but oh that was kinda cool. Like how would you get those people like, hey, we might have a job, come by, do this ten minute pilot, yeah. and then if it doesn't Well I guess that's uh, is I mean is that now, now, now that I think there? about it now that I think about it, that happens a lot in live action shows. <laughs> So like there's some sometimes a lot of times I hear actors being like, Yeah, I was in this pilot for this one thing that never got off there, never got off the foot. Um, but I just thought that maybe animation would be a little different because you don't you don't need to hear exactly how they're gonna sound like to me that's not proof of concept or anything. But like when when you're doing a live action thing, you need to get a sense of this actress or this actor if you feel like they can sell the show or not. That's the appearance and the voice at that point in yes. the live action. Uh, yeah. Looking at the, I'm looking at the voice actors here and so you got the, the, the names <clears throat> that we, that we know, right? Uh, Mae Whitman, Jack Dasana, Dante Bosco, and then D Bradley Baker, who oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not familiar with, but under her, there's like Wait, six uh, things listed, listed. There's Momo. You should be familiar with, you hear him, you've heard him in every, his voice. He voices every animal in Avatar. I just—I um, mean, you've probably said it before, but I'm just looking at like uh, everybody else has like one credit. Dante Bosco has two. This guy's got like five in the pilot. He's Momo. He's <laughs> off rhinos, so not Namor, just rhinos. <laughs> and then Soldier Number Two and random soldiers. He—he's uh, yeah. He voices pretty much every animal, it. and both Legend Korra and. And uh, Avatar, he's he's an amazing talent. He's he also voiced. <laughs> he also voiced um, uh, Tarlock in in Book One. His that first, was like <laughs> his first credit is Legends of the Hidden Temple in 1993. My wife, wow, that. I know that's wild. That's his first. What was he? I, it didn't what say. was he? It didn't say. It just that was his first credited role. His voice doesn't seem deep enough to be the. I forget. I wonder if there's like, you know, there's sometimes there's like crazy, just like sort of uh, not ambient noises or whatever, but like the police (laughs) academy sound effects. He was right. He was just the sound effects guy. Maybe that would be it. That's amazing. I'm sorry, D. Bradley Baker. I'll never forget your name again. (laughs) Ever. That's amazing. Uh, See, what else did I want to say? Oh, uh, there was a really great animation scene (laughs) that uh, Mike Brown talking about. Because I watched it with the commentary, and they were talking about how like they they were thinking about doing more three D animation, and then they did this one scene in the pilot, and then they just kind of didn't go back to doing more three D. And it was a scene where um where Momo is chase is having that fight with the um hawk, and like they're going through like the the building landscape with all the fire and stuff. And to me, that's a really 
cool scene. It's not polished, but it's a really good like POV scene. I think it was done really well. Then and they were like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> I I'd like to think that they were doing some 3D animation. And then they went to the movie theater and saw like Jaws 3D and Saw 3D and all this other, like just amalgam of crap that was in 3D at that time. They're like, you know what? We're probably not going to do that. Uh, we we oh, talked, and that brings me talked about um, some things that are the same, or or that sort of translated and carried over. Do you want to hit on some things that are different? Or I totally interrupted whatever it was you were. No, gonna say? Uh, this this goes with both of what I was about to say. What you're asking me. Um, <laughs> so. Momo was chasing the hawk. Zuko was originally supposed to have this hawk, like, like it was supposed to his. It's supposed to be his Momo, like that was supposed to be like his pet that he was going to take around with him oh. all the time. Did I, or was that commentary? Was that in? Uh, that was commentary. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of uh, so cool. that kind of yeah, kind of would have been interesting. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if I. I, I prefer change. Zuko to be just kind of a, a loner, like he's, he, no, no, he's all, yeah, was, animals or nothing. Yeah, he's almost too emo to have a pet. Like you can't be that emo with a pet. <laughs> I feel like Charlie got my dog got really upset when he was Zuko can't have a pet and then Charlie started barking out there. Uh no, I think I like it would have been neat, but I think I like it how it turned out, obviously. Um those are really pets cool. And Momo, I can't get over Momo. We gotta <laughs> He's like a I I mean So he himself is 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 the same essentially, but I can't get over the 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 robot factoid, the little cyborg Momo robot factoid. Oh, from the uh, first drawing. The okay, I did, couldn't remember if that was first drawing or like pilot, and then they scratched it and changed it. But, nah, I never got to pilot. They uh they they scrapped that whole uh whole kind of steampunk cybernetic <laughs> monkey thing. When when you initially said this, I was so excited because I was like, you know, I've never actually seen uh, Android Momo, and I was so excited. And then I flipped on the pilot, and I can't express how disappointed I was that he oh, was not. Because well, I we've talked about it before, so it's just my own memory failing me <laughs> that it didn't make it this far. But for some reason, I had it in my head that I was going to see Cyborg Momo. And so when he pops on, Android, screen, like, he'll be he will be an Android. Come on, child. What what the hell is this? He's probably an android. We just didn't see it because they never peeled back the skin or whatever. You know, he's an android under there, just like that. Androids, uh, androids are are fully robotic. Cyborgs are uh, half robotic, half organic. Maybe he, maybe he is a cyborg under there. He's just, yeah. just good coveries combo. <laughs> but I just, I for some reason I had it in my head that it was that version of Momo, and I was diving into that world. And so, like, uh, it was like a fourth wall breaking for me, my own disappointment, because he wasn't, he was not uh, cybernetic in any way. And that, that hurt me a little bit. Okay, I'm over it, though. I just had to find a way to fit that in. Uh, there was a really cool scene of a, uh, like, right when Aang is fighting Zuko, like, Zuko does this, like, fire breath thing and he gets down to the ground, which is, I don't know, it was just a really, and it was, it was breathing fire out of his nose. I just I just found that really a uh, really cool scene, um, and the fight choreography was really good. Even at this point, they had Sifu Kisu on board, and you can tell that. But there there was just really the fight between Aang and Zuko. I think was done really really well, especially for a, a pilot. Um, it, was, it was heavily choreographed, um, and, and they probably did more slow mo. And, and that's the thing about this pilot is that it's it's more exaggerated 
<laughs> like it's more anime like i think um a little bit less grounded which i mean avatar you know delves into that here and there but it wouldn't i don't think it would be as good if it was just like this all the time it's kind of just too too goofy yeah maybe just a smidge not that avatar's grounded in any way shape or form but like a little less grounded even than it currently is um also i felt like so there again a compliment zuko was kind of unmistakably zuko and he felt like the zuko that we ultimately kind of get but it's one of those where it's like there's just something a little off and i couldn't put my finger on it's like whatever it is i don't know if he's a little taller or just like more i I can't even put my guess whatever they changed and made zuko zuko I'm glad because just watching this pilot, it's like something just a little, I don't know if he looks stumpier and, and like surlier even than, than TV show mm. Zuko turned out to be. And I can't put my finger on the thing is, I mean, technically Zuko is actually five, four in the show. Um, like they, they have, yeah, they have, um, Stamp. they have their height somewhere like in the art of book. And yeah. He's only like five, four. <laughs> he'll be, he'll probably grow no higher than like five. I mean, what is he? Sixteen, ish. So he'll have. Uh, I don't think I was five four. It's, I had I my growth spurt have... early, so I was, you know, like I, I feel like I've been five nine since you know, eighth grade or something. <laughs> hit my growth spurt early, and I was dead. Oh, uh, you probably thought you're going to keep growing too for a yeah, while. Yeah, because all my brothers are six two, so I really had high hopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pun sorry, intended. Sean. Oh well. <laughs> I, I I knew I was going to match out where I met my dad is. Uh, pretty much my exact height, and uh, my family on my mother's side, all this side. I only have like one tallish uncle who sits too. I'll say somewhere around somewhere around senior year of high school, practicing my post moves because like gonna grow into a center, <laughs> and it never happened. To quote John Mulaney, but it didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, you know, someday I'll cross my fingers it could still happen. Lots of people <laughs> grow at thirty-one. That's yeah, uh, not accurate, but uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> other uh, other stark differences or things that you're watching that you're like, I'm um, glad that they they polished a rough edge on this part or that person. Uh, voice acting for for Aang was a, is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, changing Kaya's name to Katara was um, oh, Katara just seems more. Um, Water bendery. Yeah, I guess so. That's why they said they mentioned that in um, in their original drawings, they were just gonna have Katara's hair loopies just kind of dangle, and then um, their Brian was saying, yeah, he he lived over in Korea for like four months, um, South Korea, the good Korea. Although I feel like he's, anytime I don't know why this bugs me. <laughs> anytime someone says like, oh yeah, Korea, like. They are always they're always talking about South Korea unless they specifically say North Korea. It's Korea, North Korea. I don't know if you ever yeah. been to Hutchison, Kansas, but it's the same way. It's like you're talking about Hutchison, or if they mean South Hutchison, they're gonna specify. So it's like mm, I'm not going to South Hutchison. That's a real thing that happens. <laughs> um, also, just don't go to Hutchison. Which I'm saying, random back thing to Batman to DC is is it Hutchison or is it McPherson? Or is it, are they both towns that think there's the claim that they're Smallville? Um, Hutchison is what I mentally associate with Smallville. Oh, okay. 
Uh, I was. <laughs> I could be. I could be mistaken. I'm gonna say 80, 80 20 percent sure. I, I was uh, thinking about doing a video of like where the Smallville exists in the Snyder universe in Kansas, um, because there's just like some little. It ain't even a town. Here. It's like a. It's like my family's barn. Uh, no, it's pretty big. Like they have a Sears and an IHOP. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Um, yeah. The the kids just live on their own farm within within that. Um, and so, like, I, I like Google like Sears locations when Sears was around, and then also like the bank that took over the Kent Farm. Their number starts with seven eight five, which I found that to be cool. Um, it should be six two zero. That's crap. They're so wrong. I know, it's, right? I would have thought it would have been six two zero. What a but, lot of inaccurate horse crap. <laughs> and so, like, all right, well, that puts them. Well, that was the bank, but granted, banks, small banks, tend to do around the area. Um, and so I. So I was like, all right, well, the Kents must live in 785 area code. Um, so then I looked up where, like, where uh, Sears are located at. And then looks like it could be um, uh, probably. And also, John the Kent talked about going to K-State whenever he was showing them uh, the the key in, in Men of Steel. And so, and like, it's, it's only, what's, you know, you're talking about an hour and a half drive from like McPherson to, to K State, probably somewhere like, you know, it's very, very geographically close. Yeah. Uh, which was, what was this town? I'm there's, sure town it's there's, there's a town by Manhattan, Riley? Fort Riley. Uh, Fort Riley. Okay. Yeah. So I think maybe Fort Riley. Is, is, is the small anyway? I probably won't really? do that video because oh, no, I kind of don't. Uh, no, I actually think it was like I'm, I'm fairly confident. Hutch, also, I don't think Fort Riley has like enough standalone. Like, I don't think you can go to Fort Riley and go to a Sears or anything like that. I mean, there's a Sears there, whatever this place I looked at, they had a Sears. There's oh. two places. Uh, let's see, Junction you City, you can't see me now. That's okay. Junction City, Junction, Junction City, City. That's okay. That there could be a Sears there. I would say that Superman. You know, at Superman, you can do better than Junction City, man. You can. He seems more southern, uh, southern Kansas and northern Kansas. Just, I mean, just small villages. But within the Snyderverse is what I'm was getting, and that just uh, small villages. Okay, okay. Yeah, specifically in the Snyderverse. Just going literally with what you're presented, canon right there in the Snyderverse. Yes. That's hey, that's as good of a, an approach as any. Um, no, I, I think when Smallville is on, we all thought Hutchison, or like even historically, Smallville being Hutchison. Yeah, uh, and I, I had a friend who uh, who's into comics also, and I think he was claiming that McPherson was Smallville, and how there's like this weird wi- rivalry between Hutchison and and uh, McPherson. They're both <laughs> tremendously talented, like football, high school football <laughs> towns. Maybe it's just like bleeds into the rivalry. Ooh. Like Superman is us. <laughs> yeah, great football towns. Um, but he was also watching a KU game, a KU football game. Maybe he maybe he's a K State fan was watching a KU football game. Because he knew they sucked. The K State part is uh I don't I don't feel like I've ever heard that one debated at all. I feel like he's always kind of a K State guy through and through. KU really is just kind of northeast Kansas. Like any farther west you go, it, it kinda of turns predominantly K State. But it's like a mm, okay. I, I I hate to make this parallel, but it's almost like the, the presidential election where the, the, the geographical area of the state <laughs> is predominantly K State. Uh but, oh, okay, the, I didn't but know the that. person uh, the person divide the actual human headcount KU to K State is probably very even, but it's just the corner yeah. um, of Kansas. I could be mistaken. I'd... No, this probably seems fairly accurate. 
Uh, anyway, uh, back to Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Emerald City Comic Con. We're going to hit that next year. It's going to be great. That touches it. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I was like, Emerald City. I think it's um, Emerald City Comic Con. I just got all these weird claims to fame. Well, Emerald City, there's an Emerald City Comic Con. Because I've used it. Uh, well, no, that I'm talking. That's in like Seattle or something like that. Um, what? Because I've used a clip from Emerald City Comic Con where uh, the back to Avatar, um, where the creator or Jin Jin Yuen Lang, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name, um, was talking about the comic books and he was saying how uh, Zuko and May broke up and how a person wrote into him saying he broke up love and then saying and then but then he was like, well, they get back together in three years. I forgot about that. <laughs> what is the one? Oh, okay, so I mean, you're totally right, and I believe you there. But there's a Comic Con in Wichita that I thought was like uh, Wichita Hutchison that had like a Wizard of Oz theme name, probably. Or and it was Steampunky is what stood out to me. That oh, probably the... Yellow Brick Road Comic Con. <laughs> Steampunky, but uh, any, anyway, anyway, you're definitely right though. I do recall that. I, I, I believe you. I'm not doubting you. <laughs> See, it's all connected. It's all uh, we, you know, we, we, that's why I purposely diverted into talking about where Smallville, Kansas is at in the Snyderverse. Um, but, okay, the pilot. Great pilot. Uh, what else was different that was a, a change? I think that the uh, biggest oh, things for me oh. were just, just little things that, like, uh, things things feeling off. And, like, uh, I can't necessarily pin my finger on, like, one exact part of where it's, like, thing- things are off. And I'm sitting there watching thinking, man, I'm, I'm really <laughs> grateful that they refined that and, and re uh, redirected it the way that they did. Like, close, but not quite right. Like, you get a I recipe wonder... and you forgot an ingredient <laughs> or something. I wonder where they're going to do more animal killings. They should have killed the unagi and showed its head on the car. <laughs> that was messed up. Just what everybody wants to see in a pilot is... Oh dang it! We didn't have the unagi. Uh, we can I mean, we can we can fix that between. Okay. Hey, come back uh, next yeah. week. We got something entertaining planned. Uh-huh. We think uh, we can we can fit fit that in, Chris. <laughs> or the serpent? Uh, only one serpent. Uh, number sixteen uh, is kind of lame, in my opinion, anyway, because we never see the thing. So we can we can put oh, yeah. them off the list. Uh, That's pilot, true. Pilot. Final, final <laughs> thoughts on the on the pilot. I think it was a great pilot. I haven't watched it in like five years or so um but i thought it was really good really really good um for it for a pilot we i didn't put any ratings or anything because i don't know how you would rate a pilot i did pick this screenshot on purpose because like that's that's some sick avatar stuff. oh it's not that's, the same a, but it's wait that's a that's a difference um so <laughs> i didn't notice this until i watched the pilot on commentary Aang he's fighting zuko he purposely <laughs> put himself in danger to trigger the avatar state. Yeah, he, he jumps like, pissed his own like he he flipped his own switch sort of. He was Yeah, he which at first when I when I watched I just thought he could just control the avatar state. Um but here he he doesn't really control. I mean he does control it but it's not he's he, it's not mastered. He purposely jumped off of a building that way he would be in a life dangerous situation that would trigger the avatar state i was trying to and think there... of like a human equivalent because it's kind of a i mean it's insane but it's kind of a baller move on ang so i was trying to think of like you know when ang, uh what a, adrenaline kicks in 
It'd be like doing yeah. something really stupid to get your adrenaline to kick in and just to be like, I can run faster now. Like if you threw yourself in front of a bus just so you can see how fast you can run. That's what Aang did. That would that would be an interesting like uh, superhero power. That would almost be like a, a my hero academia quirk. Like he could he can he could run and have super strength, but he must be in moral danger. <laughs> only in extremely specific circumstances that may yeah. or may not be Scary his enemy. name is his name is Adrenaline. I'm surprised <laughs> it actually doesn't exist. Adrenaline. Um, um, yeah. Turn. So that's what I was watching. Trying to think of the human equivalent. Uh-huh. Like if I had to get the max out of myself, I had to run my best forty time. What would I do? Bus. Uh, Speaking of my hero, a new season starts up uh, this weekend. Sometime. I've got several episodes. I haven't gone back and caught up on the dubs. So I've actually got quite a ways to to catch back up. Oh, okay. I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, uh, what thought... else was it? Oh, they were they were fighting on a statue. They said in the commentary it was a it was like an avatar statue that the Fire Nation was repurposing to be for Ozai. And they did go back and kind of use this thing uh, or this concept of fighting on it in the episode Return to Omashu when they're uh, fighting on the Ozai statue. You can tell me if my brain missed it because uh, again, to re- I didn't watch with commentary, and so you can tell me if my brain like mistook it. It's like I knew, I knew that it was Fire Nation something. I didn't really pick up on the on the finite like, hey, this was Avatar, and now it's been repurposed. It, to me, it was just big Fire Nation statue. It didn't necessarily feel like it specified that it was Ozai or anything like that. Maybe I just didn't. It didn't. Was it? But uh, I was like, oh, big bad, big bad guy's statue. Um. I thought, uh, again, I had a hard time overall, had a hard time like separating myself from what I know about Avatar now and not judging it against that. Uh, but when I try really hard to remove myself, and again, I looked at the art style. I know the animation's going to get shorted. That that part I can I can wrap my mind around. But like the, the, the art style and the voices and the things like that that were just sort of unmistakably Avatar, and you could have plugged a lot of those pieces into the main series, and, it, and like you could have found a place for it or made it fit or made it work. And that, to me, signals a good pilot. Like the pilot showed what the series would become so i would say that's a, a good thing that's that's my review no no number review but if i had to say to watch it i would just say go watch it because it's only 10 minutes long uh, it's okay probably, it's, a, it's a good watch great watch probably the first time i ever watched it through i know we've talked about it a lot i don't think i ever actually just sat down and dedicated watch it uh before so i'm glad i did this I got is it entertaining, uh, entertaining bit of side avatar stuff, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, Chris, final thoughts on the pilot, or is it time uh, to no. record our next exciting next week uh, episode? That's my segue. Listen to our episode next week because it is weird and different, and we hope that you will appreciate it uh, because it's going to be March Madness time and Easter time. If you celebrate one or both of those things or whatever, <laughs> do you celebrate March Madness? I, I don't know if that's a celebration thing. I kind of do. So come back next week. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks for hanging out with us this week for kind of a, an odd episode. Um, my name's Sean Shaler. That's Chris Board, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. This is Avatar The Last Podcasters. You can find us at last underscore podcasters on Twitter and Instagram, but probably Twitter. And then Facebook.com slash Avatar The Last Podcasters. Thanks so much for listening into this. Uh, We hope you will join us again next week.